it's a brand new day. That's right. Sipping the key. The day that the Lord has to be okay. Okay, let's go. Yo, let the song play. What, what, listen up, what she got to say. Spin a hit, get with it, it's your daily bread. Word is out from the mouth, what's it all about? Power cool coming through, wanna get with you. Another opportunity for a positive change. People can stay in your brain, in your brain. A minister from Philadelphia. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate as you are tuning into my podcast. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. And I hope and I pray that you are enjoying your day wherever you are, whatever you may be engaging in at this time. And I pray that all is well for you and yours. The word of God declares that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And you may be asking, well, what exactly does it mean to rejoice? And the dictionary says that it means to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, and also to egg. Result. And my acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. And I know that there are times when we just simply don't feel like rejoicing. <laughs> I have so many things that I wish to talk about and I'm going to try to keep it all in mind but before I get into that and I am going to dive right in because I am just filled to the brim right now um let me tell you where you can pick up my podcast a brand new day with Stephanie J anchor spotify Deezer, Breaker, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, CastBox, Amazon, and Spreaker. And my other podcasts that I no longer record can be found on some of these same stations, but they're cut down to just a few episodes. But if you so desire, you can type in Reset Today with Stephanie J on YouTube and it will bring up uh, those recorded episodes. And um, I was looking over the, the notes from that particular show because I actually uh, grabbed the wrong folder. And I was thinking the type of podcast that I'm about to do would have been perfect if I were recording Reset Today because I am 
actually in a season of my life where I am resetting in some areas. And so I looked over these words and if I were recording that show, I would have said, you've just tuned into the show that allows you to reset in any area of your life. So come on and join me. Hit that reset bell and get ready to start fresh. And then I will go into the definition. What does it mean to reset? And the dictionary states that it means to set again or anew, to set, adjust, or fix in a new or different way. And it also means to alter or amend or correct or improve or reestablish. And it goes on and on and on. And I thought how appropriate for uh, this time. These last few weeks, I have been, I'll say, on somewhat of a roller coaster ride. And there has been many situations. Um, I won't go into detail, but it's been a, like a up and down type of thing where I've had to reach out. I, I've had to have some pretty difficult uh, conversations. There, there are decisions that I am in a process of making, um, you know, where my life is concerned and it's just required a lot. And, and I found myself, um, the latter part of last week, because I'm telling, I'm constantly telling, I'm constantly on the go. And I found myself feeling a bit weary, a bit fatigued. And I realized that I wasn't really resting a lot. I've been waking up seemingly, you know, wee hours in the morning now, my son was sitting here. He would say, some of that is your fault because I was just in the mood last week for some Walmart sweet tea. And, you know, I always talk about how I go in and out of Walmart and some, not all the time, but sometimes I just cannot resist that little jug of sweet tea. And I tell myself, oh, I'm going to hurt. I haven't had it in a long time. And so I bought a few and a couple days I had some tea with my meal and the last one I ended up giving to the maintenance workers. I was like, I don't need to stay up <laughs> anymore unnecessarily. And so I felt really, really fatigued and um, I started not to feel so well. And so the weekend I was like, well, I don't really have to go out and do anything. I pretty much um, had everything done. And I was like, you know, I just need to kind of rest. And so that's what I was doing. Um, over the weekend, a lot on uh, Friday and Saturday. I really didn't go out until Sunday. And while I was resting, I was listening to, you know, worship music. And then I, I, I found something online that I wanted to hear um, from the late, great Dr. Miles Monroe. Um, unfortunately, he passed some years ago on a plane crash along with his wife and some members of his church. And that really, it hurt me to my heart when I heard that. Um, I had been familiar with him since like the eighties, I believe it was when I first came across his books, one was on the kingdom. And I remember, you know, uh, the library around here that I used to frequent, they carried some of his books. So I would always check his books out and then I would see him on some television shows and 
as I do, after a while, I kind of lost contact, con, contact, excuse me, uh, with his ministry. And, you know, a lot of this was before things were, you know, available on the internet. And so I wasn't following his ministry, but then years later, you know, stuff began to, you know, show up on the internet, not listened. And, you know, after a while I wouldn't. And so I haven't heard him in a long time, but man, I was just, I actually put a paddle on the floor as my grandmother would say. And I was just resting in my living room. I was so enjoying it. I came down about five, six o'clock in the morning, open up the blinds and the curtains and I'm just lying there. And I'm like, I'm in the mood to just hear some word. And so I listened to a few of his messages basically on creation, you know, God's original plan and things like that. And so I was really uh, feeling like I was being fed and I, I just wanted to kind of stay there. And I somewhat did the same thing um, on Sunday along with, you know, worship music and things. So that's what I have been doing. Sunday, I felt like getting out. And so, you know, we did for a while. And then uh, came home to a wonderful, wonderful, unexpected surprise. And it just took my mood and my day up about 100 notches. But um, we had food delivered to us by our DJ friend who my husband and I affectionately call DJ because he is a DJ and his name is Derek. And he just said, you know, he was inspired by a commercial uh, that he was listening to. And he told his wife, you know, I'm going to get my fave family uh, a meal and just send it to them. Now we don't, we live up the road from each other. You know, we pass his house, uh, coming home. And I actually ran into him today, a little while ago, he was pulling up and I was driving by. So, you know, we stopped to shoot the breeze for a few, but he sent us an entire famous Dave's platter and, those of you who have experienced Famous Dave's know what their food situation is about. And I mean, we had the chicken, the brisket, the ribs, the, you know, coleslaw, baked beans, corn muffins, french fries, corn on the cob. Oh, it was so, so delicious. And it, like I said, it was so unexpected, just out the blue. And so that was a really, really wonderful, um, surprise. And, um, you know, we called to say thank you. And he's all humble. He, he just really is. He's such a nice guy. He's from New York. And so that was the common ground that he and my husband found from the very beginning of the relationship. And I was kind of, you know, Philadelphia was kind of pulled in the middle. And he was the one that God used to light the fire to get me to get back to podcasting. And so I am ever grateful to him for that. And, you know, he's like, you know, it's no big deal. I thought about you guys. And he said, you know, people are always talking about what people aren't doing and this and that. And he said, I was like, what about the good parents who are raising their child right and doing good. He said, and I just wanted to reward you guys for that. And, you know, he's like, no big deal. And so I was telling him, I said, you know, 
I had already, and I don't want you to think that I'm doing this because, but I had been talking to my husband, uh, way back, you know, I'm like, you know, I really would like to do something nice for him and his wife. And, you know, we were trying to figure out, um, what kind of foods they might like and stuff. So I said, you know, we're going to have to hit you back. And he's like, that's not necessary. And then he's also a computer you know, repair man. And my husband was telling him, you know, her computer is on the fritz and he's like, Hey, just drop it by my door. And, you know, just really, really good people. Uh, much love to our friend, Derek, Mr. DJ. So appreciate it. And he let me know. He said, yeah, you know, I said, you know, we hadn't spoken for a while. He said, yeah, but you know, he said, I've been checking your podcast and stuff out. You know, I'm still in the loop. So that was good to know. Um, and that, that just really kind of put a spark in the rest of my weekend. And then moving up to, uh, early Monday morning, I woke up again and I really couldn't get back to sleep. And so it's about five o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I was tossing and turning with some decisions and some upcoming things. Because as I told you all many times, just because I'm on this podcast, just because I make it sound like it's all good and, and, and it's easy you know, it's not, and it is not all good. And everything is not perfect in my life. Everything is not hunky dory. Everything is not always the way that I would like it to be. But I also make note that it's nothing like it once was. And so every day I get up, I open my eyes, my mind is stayed on him. I'm thanking God because I'd rather be where I am than where I was. And I don't know if I have anybody out there that can say amen right now. Dion Kipling had a song come out years ago that said, I don't look like what I've been through. And so I'm grateful for that. And there are just some realities of life. I even think I have some podcasts uh, entitled Realities of Life. And I remember doing some around, you know, my mother-in-law's funeral uh, last year. But there are just some things that we have to deal with. And, you know, it's called life. And we don't always want to, but you know, sometimes we just have to, and I'm, I'm learning more and more how to take things in stride. And I do a lot of reflecting and a lot of thinking about stuff. My father used to tell me, sometimes you just think too much. Stop thinking so much. And I said, so I'm just supposed to turn everything on and off like a faucet. He said, try it. Just stop thinking. Yeah, just turn it off. Stop thinking so much. Stop analyzing. Stop overanalyzing. And so I try not to do it so much. But I did the same thing this morning. I got up, I came down, I put my paddle on the floor. I made some tea, you know, some herbal tea, not the sweet tea. And I, you know, I was resting, but I was in a mood to hear some more words. So I put uh, Dr. Monroe back on. A few of his sermons I listened to a few times because there's, there's just so much in his teachings that you, you just have to keep hearing it and hearing it because the word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And there's just so much. And I was just, you know, listening and listening and I'm thinking about some stuff. And so 
it was time for me to go out. I had to handle some things, you know, early afternoon. And I'm like, you know, let me just get out of here because it's already hot. And boy, oh boy, I stepped outside my backyard. I said, boy, it's hot out here. <laughs> I wish that I did not have to go out. I tell you, I, I really wish that I could be like Yogi Bear. I would like to hibernate during the winter and then the summer. I want to go to sleep for a couple months and wake up when it's all over, all the bad weather, all of what's going on around me, and wake up and go out and find a picnic a basket like Yogi used to say. I used to love that cartoon. Hey, boo-boo. <laughs> I wish, I so wish I could hibernate and be like Yogi Bear. That's where God and I differ greatly. He has a, a scripture where he says, uh, in the Gospels, he says, I, I, I wish you were, is it the Gospels or the Epistles? Anyway, he says, I wish you would either be cold or hot. In fact, it's in Revelation. He said, if you're lukewarm, then I will, my version says, the King James, I will spew you out of my mouth, meaning I'll spit you out. Um, me, I can take lukewarm. The, as far as the weather, I don't like it cold and I don't like hot weather. So anyway, I'm out there, I'm doing what I have to do. And I detoured from going to my bank, which is across the street from Walmart, because I needed to uh, get something for someone out this day. The trip wasn't even about me. I was doing something for someone else. And so... I get over Walmart and I get the stuff and I go to the self-checkout and I go to ring up the stuff and it's not accepting my card. My bank card is saying a card read error. So I tried it a few times and it wasn't working. And so the only bill that I had on me was a hundred dollar bill. So I put the $100 bill in and it did not register on the transaction. When I looked at it, it still was telling me, you know, the balance for the purchase was due. And so I called over one of the ladies and I told her what happened. And she said, oh, okay, well, I have to get somebody to come over. I said, okay, I'm standing there. About 10 minutes go past. And another lady comes and she tells her what happens. And she says, okay, well, I can't do anything about it. We have to wait for someone who has a key. I said, okay. About 10 or 15 minutes go by. They're helping other customers and I'm just standing at the register. And I finally, I walk over to one lady as Ethiopian and one was an African lady. So I walk over to the African lady and I said, ma'am, excuse me, is anyone coming? And she says, ma'am, you, you just have to be a little patient because nobody is here right now with the key. And I said, okay, I am being patient. I said, but I need, I said, I've been here for like 20 minutes and I need to know that this is going to be here. She said, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll be here. But right now there's nobody around. We're trying to call for somebody. So I said, okay, I go back to the register and 10 or 15 minutes go by and I'm still standing there. 
And finally, the other lady, the Ethiopian lady, she goes over to the customer service desk and she has the lady call. So now they're calling for a manager or a team lead. 10 minutes go by, nothing. She comes back. The other lady goes and she calls. So you just keep hearing every couple minutes, team manager, team lead, customer service manager, self-checkout, help needed at self-checkout. So I'm standing here now. This is about 40 minutes. I go back over to the lady. I said, ma'am, I understand that you all can't handle this. I said, I have somewhere that I need to be. And I'm standing over here by my register. Now, my son was waiting. Of course, I wasn't going to let anyone get on the register because, you know, I need my money. And she's like, well, I understand that they're trying to find somebody with a key and they're not. I said, okay. I said, but man, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Am I just supposed to stay here all day and wait for somebody to decide to show up? She said, no, but we, we need the keys we, we don't deal with the key. So just hang on. We're trying to get somebody. So I said, okay, ma'am, I go back over to the register and I kid you not, I'm standing there for about another 10 or 15 minutes. <sighs> the Ethiopian lady, and she's walking slow, but I know she's trying to help. She goes all the way to the back of the store to look for someone. She finally comes back. She says something to the African lady. Then she comes back over to me and she says, I tell him he's going to be here. I said, okay, guess what? 10 or 15 minutes go by. I see no one. Now I'm just standing there because there's nothing else that they can do. I'm just standing there. And yes, I'm getting agitated, but I kept my cool. And so finally, this Hispanic man comes walking up and he's like, yes, what's the problem? I said, oh, other than the fact that I've been over here waiting for a long time, um, the machine took my hundred dollar bill and it's not. So he says, okay. And, and I said, wow, no, I apologize for your waiter. He said, oh yeah, sorry. And then he opens up the machine and he's tinkering around with it. And I'm thinking he knows what he's doing. He's putting the keys in and he's trying to, you know, open it and it's not working. So the Ethiopian lady, she comes over and she's helping him with the machine and they're opening up compartments. And he's like, I don't see anything. I said, well, whether you see anything or not, that machine ate my $100 bill. I said, so you're going to need to open it up. I said, even go where the cash reserve is and see where it might be because I definitely put a $100 bill. So he's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can open this up. So he took it out. And then while he's doing that, this is like 10 minutes, a young African-American gentleman walks over and he says to the Ethiopian lady, he said, Hey, can you grab that key and come and check this register while he's working with her so you can get my change? So it happened to him, but he put a $20 in $20 bill and it didn't give him his change. So she says, no, I can't. He's the one with the key. He has to do it. So he was like, look, man, y'all need to put something up on these machines. Let people know that. So he's, Dealing with that. And then he tells me, he said, look, 
I can't get this. I don't, I can't open it. He, he looked down. He said, I see something that looks like it's stuck there. And the African American guy said, yeah, that looks like her bill right there. He said, well, that's a part that I can't even open. So I said, okay, so now what? He said, well, hang tight. I'm going to have to go help him. And then I have to go look at the cameras to try to see what you put in. I said, okay, about how much longer am I going to have to wait? Well, it's probably going to take a few minutes. I said, okay. So I moved my stuff and I walked away to the side. And so he's over there with the guy for about 10 minutes. And I have a little funny story uh, that happened many years ago. I was with a coworker over in uh, Maryland where she lived and my children were with me and we were getting something to eat at this, you know, Chinese restaurant that she was raving about. And it was crowded on a Saturday and we were waiting forever for our food. And so periodically one of us would go over to the window and ask the, you know, the girl, she was a kind of young girl. We would say, oh, we put in an order for this about how long? And she said, oh, 10 minute. And we say, okay. And when we walk away, start talking, we were, we had some other stops to make, but we were trying to get the Chinese food first. So after a while I was like, man, what are they doing? She said, well, go over to the window and ask her, you know, how much longer so we can decide if we need to leave and come back. So she said, um, okay. Yeah. It'd be about 10 minutes. I said, okay. Walked away. We waited. And I mean, it was the longest time. And so I came back to the window. I said, ma'am, she said, 10 minutes. I said, you told me that 20 minutes ago. You tell me that every time I come to the window. I said, how much longer for this? She said, 10 minutes. And she walked away, this little sheepish look, and we just laughed. And so I would do that through the years after I told my husband the story and stuff. So whenever they ask me, you know, how long before dinner or whatever, I say, 10 minutes. So yesterday we were over in Maryland and we were right in the area. And I looked over and I said, hey, I was telling my son, I said, that 10 minute story, the restaurant was right over here on this side. So anyway, I'm waiting and waiting, waiting 10 minutes here, 10 minutes. He goes, he tells the guy, look, I'm going to have to go look at the camera. So the guy is starting to lose it a little bit. He gets on the phone with his people. He's like, I got people in the car waiting for me. And this, that, and other, this dude acting like he don't, he don't know that, you know, he don't trust that we put the money in and da, 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 whatever. So after a while, he walks over to the customer service desk. He said, I'm going to see what, what this dude is doing. And he's at the customer service desk about 10 minutes or so. And then I walk over. I didn't say anything. I just spoke to the lady because I knew her and I waited on the side. He, he told me, he said, yeah, they said he, he's checking the cameras. He'll be out or whatever. And so after about another 10 minute wait, a little Oriental lady comes out and she comes out with some keys in her hand and she motions to the both of us. She said, you two are the ones waiting. So as I was walking with her, she said, um, she said, yeah, he's in there looking at the, trying to look at the uh, camera. He don't really know what he's doing, but the person who runs the camera is not here. So I said, well, wait a minute. I said, he has the keys to everything. I said, he doesn't know how to operate the camera. He doesn't know how to operate the machine. I said, why does he have the keys? And she started laughing and she said, I don't know. She said, I just got here. And she said, so let me just take a look at this and see what's going on. So when she opened it up, she did the same thing. She looked down. She said, I think that's it in here. She said, but I don't know how to open that up to even get it out. We don't 
deal with the machine like that. She says, so what I'm going to do is just figure out your change and I will give it back to you. Finally, it was resolved. We had to walk to another register. It took about five minutes. And then, you know, the guy walked over, uh, they were dealing with him when I left. And then the Hispanic, you know, guy came back over and he was like, yeah, well, I couldn't, you know, do anything with the camera. Sorry about that or whatever. Fine. No problem. And so this is like over an hour. I'm just standing at the front of Walmart. And then I started feeling like, man, I shouldn't even be paying for this stuff. Y'all should be giving me this stuff after this whole ordeal. And so I got in my car and I was hot and I was frustrated and I, I really did not lose my composure or whatever. I said what I needed to say and, you know, the, the matter was handled, but it was like, wow, you know, that was so much time. It was such a waste and it was such a frustrating experience, you know? And so I went on, took the, the, the things to the person that I went through all of that for, and then I had some errands to run. And by this time, I'm, I kid you, I was so drained. I really just wanted to come home. But I, I went on and I took care of a few things. And then I was thinking and I was reflecting on it. You know, after I left my bank, I um just put some worship music on. I, the, the wonderful uh, Marvin uh, Winans. And I was sitting there for a few minutes just listening to the music because... The thought that hit me was, okay, I've been laying low and I've been feasting on some good word for, you know, these last few days. And I know how the enemy works. Even Jesus said when he, he told about the parable of the sower and the seed. And I know that Satan tries to come to snatch away the word. He doesn't want it to take root. And so he devises plans and things will happen to frustrate you, to get you out of that mold, out of that receiving mold, or to keep that word from being planted in your heart. And I think that also was one of the reasons why I was really just kind of remaining calm in a situation because it really was nothing that any of us could do. We had to wait on the people who could take care of the situation, you know? And so it was an inconvenience, but at the end of it all, I said to my son, I said, well, all's well ends well, you know, that's something that my gramps and some of the older people used to say, okay, it wasn't that good of a situation, but at the end of the day, I got my money back and I could go on about my business and I decided to go up the highway. There were some things that I, I wanted to look for, but of course I didn't want to go back to that Walmart. So I said, let me run up the highway to the other Walmart. And I get out of my car and it's hot. I'm walking down this path. And right before I could get into the store, two people turned in front of me. And when I looked down... There was a young African-American, look, looked like he was about in his early 20s. I looked down and the man was crippled, walking. He was in front of me. He was walking, but his legs were turned in and I could see his situation. 
right then and there, I just kind of dropped my head and my heart went out for him as it does. And all of a sudden, I just kind of got smacked on the side of my face with the perspective, the shift in thinking, the change. It was like, okay, I hear you, Lord. I hear you loud and clear. So I had to go back to that over our inconvenience at Walmart. And it was like, yes, that's exactly what it was. It was frustrating. It was an inconvenience, but I'm looking at this man and I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at my son. We're walking in this Walmart and we have our health. We have our limbs. We have the activities of our limbs. We're able to walk straight. We don't need help. We do not need a device. We are so blessed. And it just kind of really snapped me out of whatever was going on. Whatever I, I felt a little drained, but it was like, you know what? It could always be worse. And so, yes, thank you, God. I thank you because it could be a different situation. I could be in a much different situation. And so, yes, that's when the idea hit me. You know, when I go back in, I'm going to do a podcast because maybe someone else needs this. I don't think that I am the only one with these types of experiences. I know, listener, that there may be things going on with you right now and it may not be all good. It may not be all gravy as we used to say back in the day in Philadelphia. I don't know why we said some of the stuff that we said, but anyway, you know, you, you may be having a very tough time. It gets better. All I can say is hold on, continue to take one step at a time, one day at a time. The worst thing that we can do, and I I understand there's a lot going on in the Middle East right now. There is a lot going on all around this world. Some people's circumstances are far worse or far beyond anything that we can deal with here in the United States. And yet we're all in this together. We are all experiencing and going through things because of and due to COVID. There have been and continue to be many losses day in and day out. Yes, there is so much. I know it's hard. I know sometimes it's a struggle to get up in the morning. I know sometimes you may not know which way is up. You may not know who to turn to. Sometimes in my circumstances, there's really not anyone to turn to. And so that's why I'm so glad that I learned at a young age that I could depend on Jesus. He is my rock. That does not mean that I didn't go through anything. It does not mean that it kept me Uh, skating on ice, skating through. That is just not my story. There are some people that may not be able to relate. Some people seem to have it easy in life. That's not my plight. That's not my story. 
But thank God, there isn't one thing. I don't care the worst of the worst. There isn't one thing that I've ever been through that he has not brought me through. And I'm so glad at this stage, at this juncture of my life, that I can still say that he has me. No matter what, I am trusting in him. I go about my day. I go about my daily life in a totally different mindset because I know As the apostle Paul said, this is a light affliction. What we're going through now, this is just a temporary thing in light of eternity. Where we're headed, where we're going, when this is all said and done, that's eternity. One of the things that Dr. Monroe uh, was very, very strong in teaching about, he teaches a lot about Genesis and the creation and what God's intended purpose was for us and how, you know, we're heading back to that. And I've talked about that. I've podcasted about it many times. I've done messages in the past where I talked about how all of this is ending to take us right back to God's original plan. I've known that for a very long time. So if you look through the scriptures from Genesis through Revelation, you will see, as Dr. Monroe said, I didn't even pick this up. He said, the only two perfect chapters in the Bible are Genesis one and two. After that, three comes with the fall. And then it's just downhill from there until Jesus comes to pick up the pieces for us on our behalf, to put it lightly. But at the end of it all, Revelation 21 and 22 talks about the new heaven and the new earth and how things will be from that point. And so rest assured, we are living to live again. And it's either going to be eternity with him or as the word of God said, not Stephanie J. I didn't write this. I didn't design it. I was not even there at the beginning of this thing to have a say in anything. I'm like you. I'm a pawn in this game, so to speak. And so we have a choice to make if we're going to spend it in eternity with him or in eternal damnation with the devil and his demons and the false prophets and all of that. Read it for yourself. Don't take my word. And so my whole thing is I don't have time for anything that is not a kingdom agenda, anything that is not in line with my destiny Anybody that is not in line with my destiny, where I am at this point in my life, the Bible says, how shall two walk together except they be agreed? If we are not in agreement, it can even be as far as lifestyle choices. Some things I just don't have time for and the rest of it, I just don't make time for. I am like Nehemiah. I'm sorry. I'm building the wall. I cannot come down for foolishness and it is driving me day in and day out. I am so focused. I am so committed to this thing that I cannot turn away. I cannot turn back. I don't let, I don't let my emotions control me anymore. There were things that I used to do and I used to tolerate and I used to put up with because I would say, well, you know, that's this person. I kind of understand. Well, that's the, you know, we've been down since then. This is, 
is, well, this is family. Well, this is my childhood. No, 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 no. The Bible says, let each one work out his own soul salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord. I don't know about you, but I got to make it in. It's only a matter of time before this entire thing winds up. And every single day I am on my face or kneeling by my bed or in my chair at my desk or in my living room or in my car. And I am just contemplating the next moves. God, what is it that you want? What is it that I need to do? I'm doing what the apostle Paul said. I am daily examining myself to see whether I be in the faith. I told you, and I will tell you again, and I have spoken this verbally to loved ones, to friends, to strangers. I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, like that steak. Well, I like mine. Well done when I do have it, which is very rare, but well done. I want to, it's even on the back of one or two of my books that I published. I want to hear him say at the end of this all, well done, good and faithful servant, enter ye into my rest. I don't want to hear those words. Depart from me, ye who worked iniquity. I never knew you. And so I've even been, I'm going to close this out, but I've even gotten back to and I don't have time to get into it. I wanted to mention it at the beginning and it just came back to me. One of the things that I used to do for years is go out on the streets and feed homeless and less fortunate people. And it was really in my heart to begin to do it again. But with COVID, you know, they were really getting strict these last few years about, you know, individuals feeding people out of your house and, you know, not having a license and stuff. So what we began to do, I used to, you know, cook platters and we take them out with cold drinks and things like that. And for a while I did, um, barbershop dinners. I did them in Pennsylvania and I did them here in Virginia. And then I'd make extra food and I would pack them up and we go out afterwards and we find people to feed and, Virginia, Maryland, and we drive to DC some days and, you know, we just go find people, um, to feed. And then at one point we didn't have our car and we would go out and walk around in local areas and we would feed people. And that was good because we got a chance to really talk to people. We prayed with some people, you know, people were, you know, really receptive to my son and, and, and it was just a good good feeling. And I was telling the Lord, I said, you know, that's always something that I like to do. And it's, it's in accordance with uh, Matthew 25, when he talks about, you know, I was hungry and you fed me naked and you clothed me. You know, these are things that I know we may not all have deep pockets like some of these rich, rich folks out here, but there is something that we can do. There is somebody that we can help. There are people all across everywhere I go. I see people on the medians and the margins. They're out there asking for money. And I do hand some people some, sometimes I try to be a little discerning, can't give to everyone, but I always like to have cold waters. And you know, what I decided to do is 
instead of preparing food uh, for a while, we would buy lunch meat and make sandwiches and things like that. I decided to go to Walmart and just buy the already made hero subs that they sell. And I put those in the bag with fruit and like granola bars, snacks like that, uh, cold waters and napkins and things. And so I went out a few days and ironically, this was before DJ decided to bless us. And I kind of felt like that was coming back on us, went out a few days to feed people, you know, giving them food on the street. And so I have totally shifted and turned my focus back to being kingdom oriented and doing the things that I know God would want me to do. And what it does, it, it takes your focus and it shifts your mind off of thinking and concentrating so much on what is going on in your life. And so I wanted to challenge you listeners as I close this, take a moment and think about or pray about what it is that you may be able to do to help someone else who is in need or who has a need. Maybe you can just buy a few lunches, put a couple things together. You know, I like to travel. I'm going to get a cooler to put in my car because I like to travel with cold water so that I can hand them out to people who are out here in the heat. There is something that we all can do. And guess what? It really is a godly uh, responsibility because he tells us to look out for our brothers. And so I'm going to leave you all with that today. I pray that the rest of your day is blessed and I'll talk to you soon.